It's good to be back with all of you on this great day as we join together and we are going to share from God's word and uh, we are going to pray that God will speak to all of us from his word. Now, uh, before that, I just want to remind you about Unite 714. Now, Unite 714, uh, we are joining churches around the globe and pastors around the globe and we are going to pray together. So we are encouraging all of you to pray at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. Just take a few moments, few minutes, and we are praying according to 2 Chronicles 7.14 for our nation and for our world. Then I also want to remind you, don't forget the Hour of Hope. Every Thursday at 6 p.m., the Hour of Hope. Join our pastors as we pray specifically. We are praying live so that you can put in your request and we are really believing God for some great things. I just want once again to thank all of you for joining hands with us and for helping us to do these uh, dry ration packs. We were able to touch 12,500 families. And we, and we thank you for everything that you have done. You know, you're such a giving people and God bless you for that. Uh, one more thing I want to really tell you is I'm so thrilled that from last Sunday we started and now uh, for sure we have it all organized that we want to thank Art TV for opening up the channels so that um, from 9 to 10 a.m. we have the singular time of service on Art TV and then from 10 to 11 we have the English and uh, then of course we thank Swarga TV they've always stood with us and uh, for putting on our services so that we we can minister to those who don't have a, a data and who have had a problem with social media. So I thank God for all these blessings that God has given us. Um, you know, now this morning, I want to talk to you about facing the storm. About facing the storm. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we can come from wherever we are and we can share your word together. Lord, I pray for Dishan to decrease and the Holy Spirit to increase. Let your will be done. Speak to our hearts and change all of us according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, today here we are in the midst of a storm. Everything was fine and then it wasn't. The corona storm hit us. Uh, you know, that is actually the reality of our world today. Do you remember when you actually first heard about the coronavirus? Uh, maybe it was the result of a funny text that you got on Facebook. Right? Somebody told me that when they first heard about the coronavirus, the only corona they could think of was corona beer. Right? Or, or maybe it was an obscure news story about a city in China that you had never heard about. Woo something. Woo what? Wuhan? Right? Now it's a common word. Right? But who would have thought that these things that we had hardly ever heard about will be affecting our whole life? And uh, I don't think it had ever crossed anybody's mind that something like that would have happened. If someone had told you some time ago that Easter weekend this year would also be a real mess after last year's bombings uh, of the three churches and, and the, the four hotels and 
you know, and what if somebody told you that this year's singular Tamil New Year would be under curfew? You know, you'd thought, what nonsense are these people talking about, right? But look at it. Who could stop all the major sporting events around the world? And, you know, these events bring in um, billions of rupees, actually billions of dollars, more than rupees, right? Test matches are stopped, the IPL, the tennis, the basketball, uh, you, you name it, the football around the world, right? And um, uh, schools are all closed. Um, who would have imagined that you could not sit in a restaurant or a coffee shop with friends or even sit together in a church? What about all the airplane fleets that are grounded in various airports around the world? The whole sector, transport sector, shut completely down. No traffic, no work, no appointments, no food. You may enjoy a good post-apocalyptic thriller movie. But I'll tell you what, I don't think anyone ever really expected to be living in it. Did you? I'm not sure. It suddenly came upon us. Isn't it also funny that to see people on... uh, Facebook and social media, you know, before all this, they were all political scholars. They knew everything, how to run governments. And and today on Facebook, you go and see all of those have turned out to be infectious disease experts now. That's funny, right? Some are wondering um, if we are overacting, right? This is all blown out of proportion. It's, It's a fake news, you know, and others are are worried that we are not taking it as seriously as we should. Now, I want to tell you something today, right? It doesn't really matter what we think or what you and I believe. Our world has been hit with a gigantic storm that is drowning everyone. My friend, life has its storms. Hurricanes that descend from blue sun-drenched skies or or clear starry nights. You know, we are experiencing a whirlwind of disease right now, and we face disaster and even death. You know, but two things should comfort us in the midst of daily lightning and thunder and rain and wind. And the first one is that these storms that have come into your life, come into my life, right, they surge across everyone's horizon. Sometimes when we go through the storm, we think poor me, it's only me. But no, I want to tell you God has no favorites. In the word of God, Matthew 5.45 it says, the second half it says, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. The cast may be different. The plot may be altered. The props may be rearranged. But everyone who gets the sunshine also gets the rain. There are no favorite players. The second thing when storms come you need to realize is first it goes across everybody's horizon. Then we all need them. God has no other way more effective than this. You see, the the massive blows 
and shattering blasts, not to mention the little constant irritations, they, they level us, they smoothness, and compel us to submit to his script and his chosen role for our lives. So his plan and his purpose will be fulfilled. Friend, I want to tell you, there are two kinds of storms. The first type of storms come in for correction. You see, when we are off track, when we are going off to on a tangent, when we have moved out of the main line, a storm comes and corrects our path. And it brings us back in to the right place. And uh, uh, it brings correction. Right, then some of you are saying, what is that? You know, I'm okay, I've been living okay, I've done all right. You know, but I'm also having storms. Well, then the second thing, a storm comes, is for perfection. Right, it comes to correct and it comes to perfect us, to make us whole, to make us complete. And, uh, you know, that's why I, I say a lot of people don't like what I say sometimes, but I say thank God for storms. Because, you know, sometimes in the good part of life, we didn't learn much. But when the storms hit us, it got our attention. In fact, most of us started looking for God because of the storm. Today, they say, if you go to Google, God is something that is mostly looked upon in the Google search, right? Turn with me today as we look at God's word from Luke chapter 8. Luke 8, we're going to look at 22 to 25, right? So you can turn with me in your Bibles if you have them there. And uh, let's look at an incident that happened with Jesus and his disciples when they went from a nice day into a major storm that almost killed them, right? So let's pick up the story uh, from Luke 8, 22 to 23. Let's look at Luke 8, 22 and 23. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So what did they do? They got into a boat and they started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. He settled down to sleep. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat started filling with water and they were in real danger. What did I say at the beginning? Everything was fine and then it wasn't. So, there they were, 13 men in an open boat, 12 terrified, and one is fast asleep. Now, he's not just resting, not just dozing off, not taking a a simple snooze. He is sound asleep. The disciples, uh, uh, their world had suddenly turned from a normal talk. They were having normal life to wondering uh, of this and uh, that. And suddenly... Their life is changed. A fierce storm with deathly force, high waves, they were breaking into the boat and the boat began to sink. Friend, what we are going through today is not something light. Thousands are already dead. And they say it is going to get worse. COVID-19 has created a storm in our world that has reached almost every country at the same time. It has baffled the experts, the wealthy, the educated, the powerful, and the supposedly invisible. The death toll, they tell me, is almost at 130,000 worldwide. That's a lot of people. We can't minimize the danger no matter what 
our personal beliefs are. Almost 30,000 deaths in the United States, 25,000 in Italy, 20,000 in Spain, and the list goes on and on. So what I want to share with you from God's word is, not about the storm, you get that in all your news, every type of news media. I want to share with you the first thing is, what should you do in the storm? What should you do in the storm? The first thing I think you should do is don't minimize the danger. When, when Don't minimize the danger. When we are confronted with life's difficulties, it is not helpful when we live in denial and we try to minimize the danger. Right? When we act like there is a problem, our marriage is breaking, our family is going to go through hell and destruction, right? And uh, what do we do? We deny it. We act like it's not there. The disciples are probably talking and joking and eating and they were probably even, uh, you know, uh, having a good time of, 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 of just relaxing. When suddenly the winds began to um, start getting uh, uh, stronger, right? Now, they were fishermen, they knew what to do, and probably had even forgotten about Jesus. When the boat began to rock and the waves were coming, you know what happened? They waited till it was beyond control, right? As it was coming and rocking a bit and the winds began to come, they probably didn't, they ignored it. They they said, this is nothing. But then they suddenly began to shout, don't you care that we die? That's what they said. Don't you care that we die? Luke 8.24, the first part says, The disciples, they went and woke him up, woke Jesus up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. What happened? They suddenly got excited. Suddenly the storm hit. And, and, and they were like living in denial till then. And suddenly it happened. It was fine. And suddenly everything changed. What if the guys had given Jesus a bit of a nudge when things were just starting to get scary instead of waiting until it looked like they were going to drown? I don't know what your storm is like today. But I'll tell you one thing. Don't minimize it. You know, some married couples who saw danger signs in their marriage, you know, they they saw it very clearly. Things that should have been a warning Reduced intimacy, increased conflict. They slowly started differing apart. What happened? Some just ignored the signs or thought, you know, it's not that bad. You know, lived in denial. I want to tell you, people don't just stray from their marriage vows because of sexual temptation. Although that's a big one, right? But they also wander looking for affirmation. And the connection that seems to be gone missing in their marriage. Pay attention to the warning signs. Don't minimize the signs. The second thing I want to tell you is, what should you do in the storm? Don't minimize the danger. And the second thing is, start looking for Jesus. Start looking for Jesus. When all else fails and all our plans have failed, Then we look for God. Like I said, a lot of people are even Googling God now. Right? You know why? It was like, well, 
We've tried everything else. Let's wake up Jesus. Where is he? Where is he? We don't even know. Oh, he's at the bottom of the boat. Let's go. Let's shake him up. You see, they weren't even asking for help. They were just complaining and blaming him like it was his fault. The same story is happening now. Right? Let's look at what happened with Jesus. Uh, Let's jump to Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Mark 4, 38 says this. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? You see, many of us live the way we want and away from God. And then when the storm hits, we are mad at God. And we start shouting, don't you care? Right? If you care, where are you? Where is God when all of this happens? How often had Jesus showed them that he cared? How often has Jesus shown you that he cares? You know, the disciples knew better. They saw Jesus heal many, many people. They saw thousands he had fed. The water he turned into wine so wedding wasn't ruined. And then he even raised Lazarus who was dead for four days. He raised him up. Those things are all done because Jesus cared. He cares for you even though you haven't cared for him. I would suspect there are all kinds of unfamiliar voices calling out to God right now. And many people who have never had time for God in the good times are now demanding of him. Don't you care? Don't you care? What happens? Luke 8, 24, 25, the second part from 24, he says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the winds and the waves obey him. When Jesus woke up, what did he do? He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped and all was calm. It didn't happen gradually. It was not a natural dying down. It just instantly, as he spoke the word, it stopped. The disciples must have forgotten about Jesus. But when they remembered that he was there, They were afraid that he had forgotten about them. Listen to me. But he never forgets you. Even though you may treat him shabbily. That is the truth. And that is the great part about the Lord. The Lord is not good when you are good and he gets bad when you are bad. In the singular saying, I know. Even when we treat him shabbily, we ignore him. Some of us didn't even think about him till the coronavirus hit in years. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. He still loves you. He still cares for you. And he's still looking to do whatever he can to touch you and make your life wholesome. The second major thing I want to say is, it's a question. Who is in your boat? Who is in your boat? Today, many are worried and fearful because of the storm that has 
hit us. I've heard people say things, you know, like, you know, nothing will ever be the same again. Things will uh, be very different. You know, today is different than yesterday. Tomorrow will be different than today. There may be a fallout and consequences that economic-wise and health-wise, you know, it's going to be a disaster. But I want to tell you, this isn't the first time that humanity has faced such a crisis. We are reminded in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Listen to me as I read Ecclesiastes 1, 9 to 11. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past. And in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. You know, when I read through God's word and I see what is happening and in the storm, uh, that, that famous song or hymn of the church, the, 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 the words you heard before I, I started preaching uh, today to you, you know, the chorus says many things about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. My friend, the key is to have Jesus in your life's boat. Who is in your boat? I hope Jesus is in your boat. If Jesus is in your boat, then you are going to make it. No matter how hard uh, the winds blow, no matter how high the waves are, he will anchor your life. He will keep your life's boat safe and in the right direction. You know, a song I learned as a little boy in Sunday school still holds true. It says, that, that little chorus says, he will never let go my hand. He will never let go my hand. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, Jesus will never let go my hand. So my friend, I want to close with my final point by telling you, don't quit, keep going. Don't quit, keep going. You know, we must hold on to finish the course. Friend, we start well, but when trouble hits, we must cling to the word and to the promises. Don't quit, keep going. You know, our attention span has been conditioned by 30 second uh, commercials. If you, they can't say it in 30 seconds, they better not say it at all. We have 30 page abridgments. You know, we don't read the whole book. We, we read the, the shortened version of the summary. And, and this has flattened our sense of reality. Uh, you know, I, I fear our generation has come dangerously near the I am getting tired. So let's just quit mentality. You know, not just in the spiritual realm, even in the natural realm. Dieting is a discipline, so we stay fat. Finishing school is a hassle, so what do we do? We bail out. Cultivating a close relationship is painful, so we back off. Getting a book written is demanding, so we stop short. Sticking with an occupation is tough, so we start looking elsewhere. 
Working through conflicts in a marriage is a tiring struggle. So what happens? We walk away. By the time a project has run its crazy course, confusion has replaced accomplishment. Participants have changed to spectators. The let's just quit mentality is upon us. You know, I want to tell a story I, I've said or shared often. It's about Ignaz Jan Paderewski, the famous composer-pianist. He was scheduled to perform at a great concert hall in America. It was an evening to remember. Black tuxedos and long evening dresses. It was a high society extravaganza. Now present in that audience that evening was a mother with a fidgety nine-year-old son. He was weary of waiting and he squirmed constantly in his seat. And you know his mother was in the hopes that her boy would be encouraged to practice the piano if he could hear the immortal Paderewski at the keyboard. So against his wishes, he had come. The mother forced him to come. As she turned to talk with friends, you know, the concert hadn't started yet, her son could stay seated no longer. So he slipped away from her side and he was strangely, he began to walk and went close to the stage and he was strangely drawn to the ebony concert grand Steinway piano and it's a leather tufted stool on the huge stage flooded with blinding lights. Now nobody noticed him because everybody was talking in this sophisticated audience. The boy slowly climbed up and sat down at the stool. He took his fingers and he placed his fingers on the black and white keys and he began to play the only song that he knew how to play. It was called Chopsticks and he began to play. The roar of the crowd was hushed as hundreds of frowning faces turned in his direction. Irritated and embarrassed, they began to shout, Get that boy away from there. Who would bring a kid that young in here? Where is his mother? Somebody please stop him. Backstage, the grandmaster overheard the sound out in front and quickly put together in his mind what was happening. Hurriedly, he grabbed his coat and rushed towards the stage and without one word of announcement he came to the boy behind the boy he reached out his hands on both sides and he put his arms around him and began to play a counter melody He began to improvise and he began to harmonize. The left hand kicked in and the right hand and he began to play and it was suddenly this little chopsticks began to sound fantastic and it began to sound good and everybody became silent and they were listening. But suddenly the boy, fear gripped him and he was wondering what he was doing. He didn't realize and suddenly as fear came and, and he realized what was happening, he was about to stop, he was about to give up when the Grand Master got in his ear and he said, keep going son, don't quit son, keep on playing son, don't stop son, don't quit son, I am with you son, keep playing son, keep playing son. 
Don't quit, son. And it is with us. The same in our lives. Sometimes our lives are where we hammer away on this project called life, which seems about as significant as chopsticks in a concert hall. And about the time we are ready to give it up, along comes the master who leans over, the master of the winds, the master of the seas, the master of the universe. And he leans over and he says, keep going, son. Keep going, daughter. Don't quit, daughter. Don't quit, my son. I am with you. My arms are around you. Don't quit. Don't worry about the storm. I am the God of the storms. And he improvises on our behalf, providing just the right touch at just the right moment. Am I speaking to a few weary pilgrims today? Is the road in your life getting long and hope wearing a little thin? Or am I speaking to a few parents who are beginning to wonder if it's worth it all, this, this exacting business or science of rearing children, which includes cleaning up daily messes and living with all the responsibilities? Or am I speaking to you who have a dream, but seeing it accomplished seems too long to wait? Listen to the master whispering, Don't worry about Corona. Don't worry about what has happened. Don't worry. Don't quit. Don't quit, my daughter. Don't quit, son. Keep going. I am with you. In the book of Galatians 6, 9, Galatians 6, 9, the word of God says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't 